Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. Again, in case you don't remember, coming to you from Fort Collins, Colorado, and joining me is my first guest in my new area who patiently awaited my Wi-Fi issues, Nina Acosta. Nina is the founder of Transcend the Light. She helps women step into their power and create a life they truly desire. Her methodology combines psychology, science, and the woo-woo. Her deepest desire is to guide others to rediscover their most authentic self. She believes the key to creating a badass life you love starts with you being connected to the core of your purpose and what you stand for. Thank you so much for bearing with me through all of my technology glitches, Nina. No, you're welcome. I completely understand. And I truly believe, hey, it's all in divine timing. We were just discussing, <laughs> which I did my episode on on Monday. We were just discussing the divine timing of me getting out of Boulder. Nina and I connected in a group that helps you promote yourself and your business. And I posted looking for authors for faces of mental illness for anxiety. And here we are. Yeah, crazy. That's the power of social media. You know, and I was one who was really against social media for a long time, but it is beautiful for things like this. So please tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm just going to touch on the bullet points because I can have you guys all day. Um, A little bit about me is I struggled, um, you know, the first half of my life, basically. Um, Just I was wounded. I had a lot of trauma in my life going on, a lot of you know, mental illness is run in my family. Um, also I struggled with, you know, my self-worth. So that led me down several unhealthy paths. Um, basically, you know, using alcohol, I experimented with drugs and, um, barely graduated high school. And so my journey really began once I had my son, I started really working on myself and, um, Basically, after that, I started, you know, just slowly getting into professional development, Um, got my master's, have a background um, in higher education, marketing, um, recruiting sales, and now coaching. And what I found is that throughout my whole life, people would come to me seeking advice. Um, And so I realized that was my purpose is to help people get unstuck, whatever they're dealing with and go to the next level in their life, whatever is truly authentic to them. Do you think people know what that means if they're not going through it? I don't. I don't think people actually even understand sometimes if they're not going through it, you know, when you're stuck in the midst of the pain, a lot of times you can't see the light and you don't understand why your life is so painful. So I don't think they understand what authenticity is because we're all are so wired to do and think and say, you know, either what like our parents have raised us to be or what society has raised us to be. Um, We all develop these rules, these beliefs that aren't even who we were truly meant to be 
on this earth. A thousand percent. And for me, I've always been pretty outspoken and authentic, but I, it took losing my husband and being in such deep pain for me to truly get in touch with my full authentic self. And I don't want people to have to wait until they hit that, that level of pain. So if you're listening and wondering what we're talking about and how it could apply to you, I, I, Bear with us through the woo-woo because I would have probably turned this off, you know, yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know, wow, thank you for sharing that with me because I had no idea, you know, your story, that part of your story. And that is a perfect example of where we sometimes hit rock bottom before, you know, we start really looking at ourselves and creating our authentic self. For me, I had several things in my life, but I think if I can pinpoint the one thing that happened to me was when my son was diagnosed with type one diabetes and he almost died and his body started shutting down. That was the moment where I think my perspective shifted and I was like, whoa, I mean, I've never been, and I'm sure you can relate through your trauma. I've never been so like heartbroken and angry and depressed. You know, I isolated myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I couldn't even look at people's pictures of their kids on Facebook. And I couldn't even like fathom what my new life was going to be. I was in so much pain. And anyone listening that is in so much pain, a lot of times people do what I can't stand, but it's what we're, what we're told in this world, which is fake it until you make it. And I just wouldn't do that. Wouldn't and couldn't, but I don't know that other people understand how powerful it is to be true to what you're going through, whatever that is. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Samantha. That, that was the one time in my life, because I remember growing up my mom, I love her, but she used to always say, fake it till you make it right. That was the one time in my life I tried faking it till I make it. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, it was the only time in my life. And I remember this beautiful earth angel. It wasn't anyone who was super close to me at that point in time. I met her through a networking group. Right. And I remember connecting with her and it's crazy because a lot of times when you think you're going through something like that, you think it's your close circle, right? That's going to lift you up. But it was a complete stranger for me. Like, and the crazy thing is, is before that happened, I was in financial services. I was in sales. I mean, it, it was just random that I lost a huge client. So if anyone knows that, you know, when you're in that type of industry, you get, you know, reversals. So that commission came off of that. And then right after my son was diagnosed, my grandfather, which was one of the only person um, that I was talking to about this, um, he died of cancer two months later. And then, you know, with me, like trying to throw myself into my work, and trying to, cause I was also in grad school at the time. I almost quit, but that earth angel told me to, you know, keep going. Um, so I was in grad school full time. I was in consulting. Um, my son, you know, which we still live with type one diabetes was diagnosed. My grandfather passed away. And since I was traveling for consulting, 
which is a beautiful story in itself. I had to give my, I call him my soul dog, which, you know, made his way back to me. Um, I had to give him away. I never forgave myself uh, for that. Um, and I just manifested him back in my life about, I don't know, two years ago, which is a crazy story for another day. But um, so we're re- reunited. So I was just going through so much shit and I just couldn't fake it till I made it anymore. And she was the only one that I showed up authentically. I remember that, that one day she was like, wow. She probably said, you look like shit. You know, that's what, probably what she wanted to say, but you know, obviously she didn't, but she was just like, thank you for truly like showing up on how you really feel in this moment. And after that, um, yeah, I just, you know, my boss gave me a couple of weeks, you know, to take off to deal with my whole, you know, new norm. Um, and I started to really look at myself and heal, but that was the moment. I'm so glad you mentioned that because first you mentioned when you were in so much pain, isolating, and then you mentioned finding this angel who was not a part of your circle and what a difference that made. And so many people struggling do isolate. And the thought of reaching out or connecting with someone new is just so overwhelming. But if you can think of that, a a safe person or a safe group or a safe place, these people who come into our lives in these moments, no disrespect to our friends and loved ones who are wonderful, but they can bring a different perspective. No one in my life before would have said what you just said. Thank you for showing up exactly as you are in this moment. Yeah. So crucial. It is, it is, it is very crucial. And it's not that, you know, I don't know. I just did not feel comfort comforted by, you know, the people that were close to me, you know, and sometimes, and this is what I've realized too, it's so much easier to talk to a stranger and be authentic with them than it is your closest circle. So how do you let a stranger in where, how do you make that first step? So it's not too huge, but obviously it is a little bit out of your comfort zone. Yeah. For me, um, I think one of the things for me that helped me was just to open up my heart. Right. I was at the point where I needed something. I needed someone. I mean, people were telling me everything's going to be okay, which, you know, anyone that's gone through anything like serious, you know, whether if it was a death or something traumatic like that, that's not always what you want to hear. Right. It's going to be okay. Um, Because it's not their life. You know, I'm like, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, my son was diagnosed with this disease. My son can die at any time. We're going to live with this for the rest of our life. So everything's going to be fine. And I know it comes from a loving space. Um, but for me with connecting with her, she just had this natural energy and I had to be vulnerable and I had to be brave enough just to say that I'm not okay. Right. Saying those words, I'm not okay, but also getting real with myself because I was still stuck in that wiring of, you know, fake it till you make it right. Eventually the pain's going to go away. And I, I use that, you know, that wiring my whole entire life. And I did not realize how unhealthy that was until then. So I just, you know, got brave enough because I knew, like, I felt like I just really wanted to stay in bed, curled up in a little ball. That's where I was. I did not want to work. I did not want to finish my grad degree. 
I remember where I told her I wanted to quit my job because I just had so much anxiety of traveling with my son in that condition. And she was like, no, don't do it. You know? And then when I showed up authentically, she shared a story with me from her past, which I had no idea because she was practically a stranger at that time. I just thought her life was just, you know, beautiful. Right. Like, cause we tend to think that like, we don't see people's real selves because we're so scared to show who we truly are because we have a fear of loss and connection. And, um, I just had to get real with myself and I wanted, I needed something. I didn't know what it was I needed, but I just told her I was not okay. And I just got brave and was just okay with being vulnerable. And it all started with just me saying those words. Yeah, I'm not okay. I feel like shit. And I think I'm going to quit my job. I think I'm going to quit grad school. I just told her all this stuff. And, um, she listened and shared and opened up and was vulnerable with me about her story. Then I was just like, Whoa, you know, it kind of like, even though I was stuck in the midst of my pain, she was just like, just take one step at a time. Right. She was just like, just put one foot in front of the other one day at a time. And I don't think you should quit because then you're going to, you know, show yourself that you're not going to make through this. Just take it one day at a time one step at a time, do what you have to do to get out of bed. And that is progress. So true. And it's so interesting because even though I have always been me, when faces of mental illness came out, so many people reached out to me because they had no idea that I live with anxiety. And it was really a, a shock to them because they had a completely different perception of me and it created such amazing conversations, but my anxiety hit its highest when I was going through all of my worst stuff. And I think that makes it even harder to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you said that. Well, and you just mentioned anxiety with your son. So it's like, we're going through a crisis and I think it just is natural to go together that our anxiety heightens. So anyone struggling, if, if you think you're crazy or you're wondering what's wrong with you, nothing, it happens to all of us. And we try to get through it by ourselves, which just doesn't allow us to understand how many other people are going through it. Nobody would have known that about me. And yeah. I'm pretty open about it. Right. No. Um, I think everyone thought that my life was perfect, right? Like I've always had this mentality, like I'm so strong, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I think people thought that of me, you know, or that's how I perceived they saw me. It's like, I'm strong. I can get through anything, you know? Um, this knocked me on my ass, you know? Like I felt like not only was I knocked down by a semi truck, as I started to get up, it was just like, okay, you know, I got knocked over again and again and again. And so, um, you know, a lot of people don't know, and I know this because I was in the life insurance industry at one point, you know, during my journey is that so many people deal with anxiety and depression and all kinds of mental illnesses. Just nobody talks about it. You know, like nobody talks about it. Everyone's so scared to say that they're struggling. And that's where you truly connect with somebody when you're open with what you're struggling with. And that took me forever um, because 
Yeah. As you mentioned, as you're going through your shit, that's where, you know, your anxiety presents itself because I was having panic attacks. And Mm -hmm. one time I remember I was driving down the road. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was, I didn't know what it was. I never had anxiety attacks before. And, um, like my chest started getting tight and I thought like I was having a heart attack, but then after it was over, you know, obviously I was still alive. (laughs) Um, I realized it was a panic attack. Um, and I think I carried that for a while. It wasn't until probably about a year and a half ago, I realized that anxiety because I threw myself into my work turned into high functioning anxiety. So yeah, I am a great multitasker but also I had high functioning anxiety and the intention behind me, you know, working so hard was basically like I had a fear of loss, right? I care. I was a people pleasing. I had a fear of loss. So that anxiety, if you don't deal with it and you don't honor it and recognize it and start, you know, putting, I guess, things in place to help you manage it as you work through your emotions it completely will turn into something else. So it's very important that you honor yourself and you recognize, you know, those elements in yourself to try to like breath work. Breath work is something that works for me. You know, everybody's different, but it will completely turn into something else if you don't deal with, with your shit. I'm just letting you know from experience. Well, I, I mean, give you know, an exa- I mean, even if we think about just a car or getting sick, you know, it starts with an earache, but then you have a runny nose and then you're coughing and With anxiety, it's such, people do not understand this, but it's like fueling a fire. So I have anxiety driving due to a car accident, which is its own issue. Mm -hmm. Then I lose gym. And in order to get anywhere in life, even to therapy, right? I had to get in a car. And so here I'm dealing with the tip, just regular driving anxiety, but then a song would come on the radio or I would drive by a a place and Mm -hmm. I would fall apart. So it was real. My anxiety about driving was valid. I was not safe. I had to pull over on the side of the road so many times that in order to heal, I had to recognize that it was better for me to get a ride and reach out and lean on others for something as simple as a ride than to put myself in the position of driving through it when I was in such a, a, a mess. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. That um, anxiety, it's a bitch, right? <laughs> it, it really is. Um, because what I realized with mine, as you were sharing your story, I know, you know, my anxiety probably developed in high school but it just didn't come to an head until probably about a year, year and a half ago. Um, but it is a bitch. And if you don't deal with it, it will affect your entire life. It affects your relationships and it affects, you know, your work. And my anxiety, what I realized was a loss of connection because I, I experienced a lot of loss in my life. And I think at this point in time, you know, not only that, I felt like I had this huge loss of, you know, my son's future, which I, that's a story for another day. I realized we plan shit for our kids. You know what I'm saying? Unintentionally. <laughs> um, but it was like the loss of like my future, the loss of what I thought my future was going to look like. And I didn't even real, really realize that I, I planned that shit out, you know? So um, it was all for me, my anxiety was attached to a loss of connection 
Um, that's why I had those people pleasing, you know, overworking 17 hours a day, working for somebody else. Um, that's what mine was attached to. But then when you were at your worst, you wanted to isolate. So how can connection is scary when you don't feel okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to lean into it, you know, just lean into just find one person, mm-hmm. one person. It can be for me, it was some, wasn't anybody in my close circle. Cause I, I didn't even want to have a conversation with them and I don't even know why, you know, but that was just where I was. Right. Um, and she just ended up, I don't know. I feel like it was divine freaking timing. Cause if I was never in sales, I would have never met her in the, in the networking group. And, um, she was just there. I mean, I don't even know. I can't even explain it because it was, I feel like it was just divine intervention because I was screaming and I was crying and, you know, I was like yelling at God, like, how can you let this happen to my son? Um, but I think if I look back, I leaned into it and reached out, you know, I showed up as myself, but I think at that point in time, I was so depressed. I didn't even give a shit what I looked like. You know what but I think it's important. You're hitting on a key point that we have to be open to receive it. I went to Grand Lake where we got married for my, for the first anniversary without you. Well, I, I, we went every year together and then people didn't want me to go. They were just concerned. But while I was there, someone saw me reading a book and approached me mm-hmm. and I could have, you know, put my headphones on or not said hello or made it, a, but I, I was open to the conversation and it's someone who absolutely is my angel here. So even though you might not want anything to do with the world, if you don't open your heart, which Nina said earlier to something, even just the idea of something, and you don't have to know what that is, it it might be there. You have to let it in. So I think it's great that you said that because I easily, I have absolutely no idea why I can, why I talked to her that day because I was not really feeling social. Yeah. I truly believe, you know, my, everybody has a different belief system, but mine is God, you know, because I can see looking back now that I'm out of that stage and period of my life, it was all divine timing because not only that I had an internship on the side, I never would have known my son had type one diabetes. If somebody that I worked with for a healthcare consulting company, I, I had no idea what the fuck type one diabetes was, you know, like at that point in time, but like she worked with me and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with my son, but I don't want to be like a crazy woman and being calling, you know, the doctor's office and saying my son's peeing all the time. You know, my son's eating all the time. This sounds like stupid reasons to call the doctor. Um, she pushed me to call the doctor because her I think it was her brother-in-law had type one diabetes and that was fucking crazy. And the doctor was like, how did you know? How did you know your son had type one diabetes? Because if I would have waited another day, he would have died. And I said, I had no fucking clue, but I think I was there for her to push me to take him to the doctor. And, you know, I think also too my, my job, which I thought was like, traumatic because I lost a big client and then I was in the negative, you know, the job went to the wayside 
but I think it was all preparing me. God was preparing me for what was happening. And since then, you know, beautiful people were like, I didn't realize I was surrounded by people that were going to help. My son was on a basketball team and guess what? When he was diagnosed, there was someone on that team with type one diabetes. I think this is huge because you were arguing with, this is what we do. You knew something was wrong and you felt silly calling a doctor about it. So you were arguing with yourself and yourself knew best. Yep. Yep. I was arguing with myself. I remember staring at him sometimes at night. It's just like my soul knew, you know, like something wasn't right. I remember staring at him at night and I was like, something's not right. But I like my logical brain was taking over, but I knew it internally. So everyone listening, if you know, you're not okay, if you know, you have a loved one that isn't okay. I don't care if you're calling doctors a hundred times a day with questions that you think are silly. That's what they're there for. Reach out to someone who might have more experience or have a family member dealing with what is going on with you because you are right. And we all do this. We argue with ourselves and we make it worse when help and support is available. Yeah. Yeah, we do. That's beautiful. Yeah, we do. Listen to your intuition, open your heart. Um, just take that first step and trust, you know, trust in the divine God, higher power source, because at any point in time, if you look at your life and think about a time that you've made it through shit, you can see how you were guided 100%. And if you can't, because I'm thinking of people in my life that are of just a completely different school of thought, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you, it, you don't have to find the evidence. Just don't argue with yourself. If you feel something, it's valid and find one person, find one person to do the research for you. One person to answer a question. That's, that's a beginning. And it's, it's funny because we were planning to talk about anxiety and the next book, which is faces (laughs) of mental illness for anxiety, but Nina will be back on to share about her chapter when it launches, because this is just been equally powerful and you can continue to follow along her journey that way because people all need to hear this and you can connect with her. You don't have to have somebody next door. It can be anyone. So how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anyone can visit my website. It's called www.transcendthelight.com. Or you can also reach out to me on Facebook. Um, if you reach out to me on Facebook, um, just look up Transcend the Light or type in my name, Nina Acosta, and it should um, pull you to my personal page. That is usually where I post, you know, stuff about my story. Um, but you're more than happy. I'm more than happy for you to private message me as well. Um, just shoot me a private message. If you're, you know, struggling with something or going through something that's super, hard or heavy on your end, I'll be more than happy to walk you through it. Um, I do also offer um, free energetic um, clearings as well. Um, So if you're into that type of stuff, I do that too. And I would love to help you in any way, shape or fashion. And if you're not into it or you don't know what it is, but you're dealing with a lot, if you're open to just trying something new, it is 
amazing. Think about decluttering your energy, (laughs) just like we declutter our homes. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's another thing too, because that it's a twofold thing that I do because I was also very, very logical and analytical at one point in time in my life. Right. (laughs) So that's why I like the psychology part because, you know, it all intertwines, but I understand not, not everyone's comfortable with it. Right. But so, yes, I have methods um, when it's just, you know, the psychology, dealing with your mindset, um, what you're thinking, how to get to the root cause of your issue, because it may go back further than you actually even really, you know, feel or think. But I also have the energy healing for us because I know they go, you know, hand in hand. But yeah, if you're not comfortable with energy healing, that's 100% okay. I'm still able to help you. Thank you so much for being here with us. Any final thoughts for listeners? Um, I would say my final thoughts is keep holding on, you know, keep holding on. There is, even when you don't fucking feel like it, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's there. You just have to keep moving. And if you are moving, just getting out of bed, you know, that day, that's progress, you know, because mm-hmm. I think people like tend to be hard on themselves. If you cook your meal that day, whatever that one step is to you, that 1% better, that's progress, you know, huge progress, huge. I, I, and they, my audience knows this because I talk about it all the time, getting out of bed after losing gym. Sometimes that was the one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one that's, thing. that's all we need is that one thing. Yep. And that's what Thank I truly you. believe. Mm-hmm. Me too. Thank you for being so open and sharing. It makes a difference and is absolutely helping someone who's listening, if not many. Uh, And we will have Nina back to talk about her chapter in Faces of Mental Illness for Anxiety. If you're interested in that, we are still looking for authors. Please reach out. Transcendthelight.com that I'll put in the show notes so you can connect with Nina and stay strong, reach out, enjoy where you are and and don't necessarily compare to where someone else is because everyone has our own unique path and yours is beautiful and meant for you. So thank you again, Nina. And until next time, everyone, always be ruthless. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.